Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Now, just a few minutes ago, we said the most prayed prayer in the world. And in it are the words, give us this day our daily bread. What does that really mean to us, to the world? Should we have to pray every day for our daily bread, for something to eat? Maybe we do. I looked at the statistics for what is known as food insecurity today. Food insecurity is defined as households who, at times during the year, are uncertain of having food or of having the ability to acquire enough food to meet their needs. And food insecurity is complex, and, but it happens more often because of one or three one or more of three causes, and those causes are conflict, economic shocks, and weather. Conflicts, like wars, disrupt normal ways of having access to food. People lose their jobs or sources of income. It's kind of hard to work in a war zone or when your business is lying flattened in the street by a bomb. It hinders food access, since the local grocery store is probably not there either. And as we're seeing in Gaza, it's held up at borders or not able to safely get to those who need it. And like in the war in Ukraine, it can be used as a weapon to starve out their opponents. Economic shocks can also come from conflicts as other countries cannot easily get their needed resources from the conflict countries. Those most challenged countries already on the brink of economic turmoil have few, if any, options to obtain food and less ability to bounce back from any food crisis. And these include crises due to extreme weather, droughts, floods, dry spells, storms, too much rain, and even earthquakes and volcanoes can keep farmers from producing or harvesting food. The Global Hunger Index measures and tracks world hunger and gives it an overall score. Here are some of the statistics they reported for 2023. The world produces enough food to feed all 8 billion people, yet 828 million go hungry every day, with 40% of those facing acute levels of hunger we would normally call starvation. Just under 30% of the global population does not have access to adequate food. Nine million die from hunger-related illnesses each year, with children under five making up the greatest percentage. In 2022, the number of people facing acute hunger went up 25% in the three months following the outbreak of the war in Ukraine. See cause and effect? Conflict causes hunger. We were making progress towards the goal of no to low hunger in the world until 2015, when the hunger index climbed from 18.3 to 19.1 to show that we're losing ground. 
The number of malnourished people has climbed from 572 million globally in 2017 to 735 million today. Quite shocking and remarkable statistics, right? Even in the U.S., the most prosperous country in the world, only 87.2% of our population was food secure in 2022, which was down from almost 90% in 2021. And of the remaining, those we call food insecure, 82.7% were children. So what do we do about that? Have there been times in your life, maybe even now, when you weren't sure where your next meal would come from? You're certainly not alone. In our Dinner with Jesus story this morning, there are 5,000 people plus 12 disciples who didn't know where their next meal would come from. But Jesus becomes the host of a grand banquet of bread and fish, and not only is there enough for everyone, but there are leftovers for later. Ah, but we could be invited to that meal and let the whole world come and sit with him as we all eat our fill and know for certain that we will indeed have our daily bread. How are we to respond to the needs of the world when there is so much need? We aren't Jesus and can't miraculously make food appear, or I believe we would do it in a heartbeat. Before we try to answer that question, though, I want to talk about this passage and why we've included the verses before and after the feeding of the 5,000. And this should help us understand our role as followers of Jesus and what it truly means to have our daily bread as we struggle to make sure our fellow human beings have it as well. In the Gospel of Luke... He makes the feeding of the 5,000 what theologians call a Lucan sandwich story. The meat of the sandwich is the actual story, but on either side, representing the bread, so to speak, are what completes the meal. In the first part, or the first slice of bread, is Herod and his wondering who Jesus is. He asks his advisors what the people are saying about Jesus, and he gets three answers— a John the Baptist raised from the dead after Herod had him beheaded, Elijah the prophet who was to return and herald the way for the Messiah, and one of the ancient prophets, again apparently raised from the dead. And Herod wants to know. So he tries to see Jesus, and we're not really sure what that meant or how he tried to see him, but that's where that piece ends. And the next part, or the meat of the sandwich, begins with the return of the disciples. What we didn't read was the part where it tells us Jesus had sent out the disciples to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. They go out with nothing, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, or even an extra tunic. Just go. And he gave them the power to cast out demons and to cure diseases. Verse 6, the verse before our passage this morning, says, They departed and went through the villages, bringing the good news and curing diseases everywhere. That's what had piqued Herod's interest. He had heard about all that and began to ask questions. So now the disciples have returned to Jesus. They tell him everything that they had done. Not only had they seen Jesus perform miraculous things, they had the power from Jesus to do miraculous things as well. 
And Jesus, caring for his disciples, wants them to have some time to rest and be refreshed after all that work. He knew the importance of getting reconnected with his source of power, God and the Spirit, as he often went away to pray and be renewed. Worn out, disconnected disciples are not helpful. But their time alone gets sidetracked as the crowds follow them, and Jesus ends up spending time teaching and healing them. So taking a pause for a moment, let's look at what has happened to this point and the implications. Jesus sends out the disciples with nothing. They had to be dependent on the goodwill of the people in the towns and villages where they went to teach and heal. And remarkably, they had the power to do that. And not a single one of them seems to have gone hungry for even a minute. They had all they needed to do the work Jesus gave them to do. Now, hearing all that had happened has raised the question, who is this Jesus? Not just Herod asking that question, but the people are too. Who is Jesus? And Luke knows this question will be asked throughout the ages, and so he gives us the feeding of the 5,000 as the answer. The day is drawing to a close, and the disciples are concerned about the crowds. They wonder where they will sleep and how they will eat. They are compassionate people. But once Jesus tells them to give them something to eat, I find it difficult to understand their response. We only have five loaves of bread and fish. How could we possibly feed all these people? See, if it were just plain old me, I would have that same response. But these disciples are the very people who Jesus sent out with nothing, and they had everything they needed. These are the very people who were casting out demons and healing people in an instant. See, I think I might be able to believe he would give me the ability to feed 5,000 people if I had just been able to do all that. At least I hope so. But maybe they're just tired and worn out. So much so that they have forgotten the power that went out of them on their journey. Maybe that's why Jesus wanted them to get away. So they would have time to process all that and Be refreshed mentally and spiritually. And that is why I believe it's so important for his followers like you and me to take the time alone in prayer. Because when we're worn out and disconnected, we're not very helpful. And we can remember that when doubts begin to cloud our judgment because that's what happened, right? Doubt is clouding their judgment. They were out and about, and although they had witnessed miracles they themselves had done, they also heard what all the people were saying about who Jesus was, and so they doubt they can feed all these people with what they have. But Jesus, knowing the true power of God, takes what they have, blesses it, raises it up to heaven, and lets the disciples distribute it. Try as we might to picture how that miracle transpired. Were there suddenly multiple loaves and empty baskets? Was there a new loaf every time they reached in? How did they get bread and fish to 5,000 people before the sun went down? But for me, those questions don't need to be answered. 
what I need to know, Scripture tells me. 5,000 men and maybe their families too were fed from five loaves of bread and two fish. And the reason I don't really need those other questions answered is my faith. Because faith is the key to believing that what is told in scriptures is true, even if I don't understand how. The disciples had faith, at least as they were sent out. And when they returned, they had proof positive about the power of God in Jesus. But as they returned, they were tired, worn out, and, they allow, and that allowed their faith to dwindle. They asked if Jesus was even able to do what he said he could do. And don't we all have those same doubts from time to time? We let our faith get worn down because we don't spend enough time alone with God in prayer. Or we fail to gather in worship and get refreshed and renewed. We forget that the word of God, our Bible, was given to us to strengthen our faith, to give us direction, and to remind us who Jesus really is. The Messiah, the one from God. And this is what the story in Luke is all about reminding the disciples and us who Jesus really is. And that is why he places the second slice of bread after this story. The same questions asked by Herod are asked here again. The disciples are asked by Jesus, who do the people say I am? And they give the same exact answers as the first part of our scripture. John the Baptist, Elijah, one of the ancient prophets, Yet the big difference is that now the disciples have had a huge reminder of the power of God in Jesus. And now they know Jesus isn't any of that. He is the Messiah, the Son of God. Now as for the 5,000 who just had bread and fish for dinner, we don't know what they came away with or even if they knew about the miracle that had happened. They just knew they had been fed at a grand banquet hosted by Jesus himself. So what about us? How can we know that Jesus is the Messiah? Well, pretty much the same way as those disciples. See, when we put our faith in Christ, we receive the same power of the Holy Spirit given to those first disciples. Now, maybe we won't be healing people with our touch, but we do have the power to heal relationships, to heal the damage done by injustice and oppression, and the power to transform the world through our works of peace and love for the least, the last, and the lost. And we see that power when we go on mission trips and bring the love of Christ to others we've never met. We see it as we feed the hungry, clothe the poor, and help those in need turn their lives around. We see it as we personally testify to the work of Christ in our own lives and open others to the good news that Jesus is here for everyone. But faith is the key. Jesus tells his disciples after chatting with the woman at the well that he has food they don't know about. And when they ask about that food, he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. This is our food, too. As we do the work of Christ in the world, we'll have all we need. We'll be satisfied and have leftovers. See, Jesus invites us to the grandest feast of all, and it's the feast of the love of God, and asks us to serve others a big piece of that love. 
Jesus says in John 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And in Matthew 6, 25, he tells us, therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We may not be able to eradicate hunger and food insecurity throughout the world in our lifetime. But if we move forward in faith together and work to feed those in need around us, both physically and spiritually, we'll all be at the table of the Lord with no more struggles, no more hunger or thirst, and with the strength and power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have a little faith. Try inviting someone you know to come to worship with you, to serve in a helping ministry with you. Be a friend. Share the love that you have been given. And it will come back to you in a mighty way. And it's that way that we will answer for the world the question of who Jesus is. And through faith, we will remember that with Christ There's always enough for all. Amen. Holy God, we thank you that you give us enough, more than enough, that you came to give us an abundant, joyful life. And that faith in you gives us the power to do what seems impossible because you told us that all things are possible with God Lord, help us to overcome our doubts, to spend time alone with you and be refreshed and renewed so that we will know the power that you have given us and use it to share your love with the world. Open our hearts to the food that you have given us to do your work in the world. And we will praise you forever. Amen.